trying to be patient. Excuse me. David, you know what your father said. Tell him we came and it was too crowded. She made a thin, wincing smile. I don't think so. He looked at her. We could dye some eggs ourselves and say that's what I found. I'll dye them. You won't have to do a thing. She closed her eyes, smiled painfully, shook her head. David kicked the door and got out. His father had told him to go, but he hadn't said anything about sticking to his grandmother. So he walked fast, zipping ahead of her. He knew she couldn't catch up. He walked past the sliding board and merry-go-round and the tables and benches and grills in the picnic area. And he did something that he often did at times like this. He pretended. He pretended he was doing this for his mother. He pretended she was not lying in a grave in a faraway state, but that she had awakened him the next morning, while it was still dark, just as she had promised, and they had gone out to the lake to see the sun come up, just as she had promised. Chapter 2 Still groggy with sleep, Primrose fumbled for the curtain and pushed it aside. At first she thought she was seeing the morning sun. Then she realized it was not the sun after all. It was an egg, dried and splattered upon the window. Then she remembered the thumps in the night, half heard as she lay sleeping. She wasn't surprised. They had egged the other place, too. She knew that sooner or later her new place would be discovered. She didn't care. Let them throw a farm full of eggs. They weren't going to stop her from having a room of her own. She closed the curtain. She flung off the sheet and got up. And banged her head. Ow! She squawked, plopping back down. She kept forgetting the low ceiling. No matter. It was worth the crouching and duck-walking and occasional bump on her head. She sat cross-legged on the bedroll. She looked around. Curtains, beanbag chair, two-drawer dresser, her dad's picture, makeup tray, the neat stack of house beautifuls, her sneakers side by side on the floor, just like anybody's. Sure, there was plenty more to do, like maybe a poster for the ceiling, but it was a good start. She grinned. She giggled. She pressed her fists into her chest. She whispered up the scale to a squeal. A room of my own. She stared down at the bare knees protruding from her red-hemmed nightshirt. Last night was the third time she had slept here, but only the first in her nightshirt. You can't say a room is yours till you've slept in it in your nightshirt. That's what made last night so special. She giggled again. For a good ten minutes she sat there, grinning, soaking it in. At last she folded the sheet, rolled up the bed, got dressed, and went outside. The white of the egg sun had slimed and dried down to the door handle, it looked like the silvery trail of a giant slug. Another egg splat yellowed the bumper.
she stepped back to the street. From the inside, with help from the curtains and a little imagination, it was easy to call it a room. But from the outside, from any angle, there was only one thing to call it, a rusty, tireless 1977 Dodge van. A car. A junker. But that would change. In her mind's eye, Primrose saw a house-like paint job, maybe white with blue trim, and a little white picket fence, and a patch of grass, and a bird bath, and flower boxes for the windows. She pictured it for a little longer and went into the house. The other house. Even now, five years after moving here, the size of the house surprised her. It was so small that upon first seeing it,